0: Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Welcome to this episode of the SG Engage podcast. I'm your host, Steve McLaughlin with Blackbaud. In past episodes, we've talked about a lot of trends uh, when it comes to giving, in particular, donor retention. And as we enter the end of 2021, uh, it's usually a good idea to look at what's happening out there in the fundraising landscape and to help give uh, organizations some guidance or some clarity as they move into end of year giving, but also into 2022. And uh, joining us again on the show is Erica Wasdorp from A Direct Solution. And Erica, really happy to have you here on the show today to talk about um, some trends around donor retention.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Really great to be here again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, in your interactions over the past year, are there any big trends that have stood out to you in terms of the overall? Fundraising landscape that might be uh, worth sharing with listeners
1: well, I think that the good news and i'm I'm personally really excited about that is that there has definitely been an increased interest in recurring giving and that is uh, is absolutely going to help with uh, donor retention right now, but especially uh, in the next couple of years. I think the other thing is like what a lot of organizations have seen is that they brought in a lot of small donors, they got a lot of small gifts, people were really interested in helping, and now they're turning those smaller donors into recurring donors. So again, it's all great. It's going to help them with uh, with their donor retention rate.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, right, that we know from looking at a lot of the data. That unlike you know other episodic events that maybe only impact some organizations or or the programmatic focus is only limited to a couple of organizations, let's say international relief. The reality is, COVID impacted every organization.
1: Every organization, the whole
0: world. Yeah, and and so the fact that they in a lot of cases we saw a lot of organizations picking up new donors or even picking up um, donors at, at, at lower than usual giving amounts actually creates an opportunity for a recurring giving program, or at least a a more robust program over time, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yeah.
1: And it's just amazing how, you know, donors want to help. And, you know, we as fundraisers have to ask them to help because they can't read minds, right? Sometimes people think that donors read minds and they don't. (laughs) We wish. Uh, But, That's, you know, so again, we have to tell them that they can make a difference, uh, even if it's with a smaller recurring gift and, uh, and again, that's, and a lot of uh, donors are taking you up on that. So
0: So you've got a a ton of expertise in this world of recurring giving that I think some of us know in the rest of the world, uh, recurring giving, regular giving, sustainer giving is, is more of the norm. Um, but in the U.S., it has certainly been growing for a number of years. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? Uh, where have you seen maybe certain types of organizations or where do you think some of this growth in recurring giving as an area of focus has really come from in recent years?
1: Well, I think it, it's come from those organizations, especially if they were part of like an international organization. Like the green pieces of the world, um, you know, like some, some other animal, international animal welfare organizations, religious organizations that have seen what's going on in other countries. So they've taken, you know, they've taken an interest in saying, hey, if it works in the UK, why wouldn't it work here in the U.S.? We just have to start planting the seeds about it. So in, in I don't know if I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm Dutch originally yes so yeah. it, and I've been here now uh, almost twenty nine years and I grew up with basically giving up my bank account information so and credit cards didn't really that was something that came on later on right so uh so again it, it's sort of a mindset where you know people were just comfortable with that i i think it was also like they were more, more trusting maybe so uh here that that is uh has really changed i think with sort of the the subscription wave where people are comfortable you know but it but it started if you look at the fact that and 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 you in Blackbot, i mean you do all this wonderful sustainer benchmarking and a lots of like uh trend analysis and, I mean, if you look at the fact that public television and public radio
0: stations,
1: I I believe it's 56% of their donors and members are giving monthly.
0: Yeah, they, that's, huge. that's a point. I think initially it was a lot of organizations who had more of an international presence mm-hmm. who saw what their colleagues were doing in other countries and said, hey, we should try this too. Mm-hmm. And to your point, you're absolutely right. Um, the whole public media, public broadcasting segment in the United States latched onto this quite a while ago. Yes, quite, quite a while really ago. They yep. used it to drive mm-hmm. giving to the point now where – it's more than half of where their Mm -hmm. fundraising revenue comes from.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So and, you know, of course, they have like all of the channels and messaging, you know, already in place. So I think that helps. But but I think that has set the stage then for some more, again, religious organization, animal welfare organizations that have been kind of on the forefront with monthly giving but a lot of other organizations are now uh, coming into play as well. And I think the other piece that has really helped with that, of course, is like the, the whole digital online opportunities. It's so much easier to, to do recurring giving. It's, it's there, it's everywhere. And again, if I, I mean, I wrote my second book this year in 2021, and my my first book was done in 2012 like monthly giving the sleeping giant and at the time online giving was a thing it was just starting but but none of these payment platforms none of these donor based CRMs had the recurring giving easily built in so now that has changed it's it's really you have no excuse not to do it it's there you just yeah. got to you just got to ask you just got to Got to uh, offer that opportunity. You got to give the donor the feeling that they can make a difference with that small amount, and you know. And the reality is, it, it's not necessarily that small an amount at all. So, but I think that's you just got to plant the seeds, and 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 I don't know what it is, but I think uh, you know because I do a lot of presenting, a lot of uh, sharing, and a lot of learning, and I, I I talk to a lot of organizations of all different sizes, and they're all you know, they're they're struggling a little bit. Yeah, but why would I focus on these small donors? Shouldn't I be doing crowdfunding or shouldn't I be doing this new sexy new thing and you know, whatever. And it's like, let's talk about cryptocurrency, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, wait a minute, you got a lot of opportunities here for donors that are already supporting you and you can just get so much more money if you just like give them the opportunity that they can do this recurring gift, right? And, and it takes a little bit of focus, but it's just amazing the stories that you hear if if they do that, if they yeah. if they have that focus.
0: No, absolutely. And I like that you touched on the fact that I think part of this is a convergence of multiple influencing factors. It's not just, you know, it's one raindrop is not responsible for the rainbow. Mm-mm. That you've got a couple things. One, organizations have proven that uh, U.S. donors aren't radically different than donors in other countries. And so we can build a program around it. Mm -hmm. Two, we are living in a subscription economy now where, you know, I have my monthly subscription for Spotify or iTunes or uh, Apple Music or whatever. So people are very comfortable from understanding of of paying for something and receiving value, Mm -hmm. you know, real value or other types of value, right? And and mm-hmm. certainly the digital piece as well. Yes. A lot of organizations have focused their online giving, which is now more than 10% of all giving. Mm-hmm. They focused on saying, hey, um, we're going to try and focus on a, when we acquire online donors or when we have existing donors who choose to give online, we're going to use that as an opportunity to shift them to recurring giving because- the donor value, all those types of things are much better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, again, if, if COVID is taught us one thing, it's like it's how much more comfortable even older donors have become using the internet and, and online uh, tools. So again, that's, that's only going to help with the recurring giving piece.
0: Yeah. And um, I know historically yeah. some organizations or maybe just some fundraising leadership had this mindset of, well, if i'm going to spend all this time money and effort i don't want the one time i don't want a $20 gift mm-hmm. i want the 150 200 500 dollar gift but if but if you're taking the the sort of the long term mm-hmm. approach and you're looking at things like revenue per donor donor retention rate multi-year donor retention rate everything is better with recurring gift donors. In fact, the, mm-hmm. the revenue that you get from a recurring gift donor is higher mm-hmm. than single gift donors. It's just yes. more of a, I don't know if this is a tribal knowledge versus data challenge, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it, it's kind of interesting. I was just joking. Uh, I mean, you know, like the, the latest trend is like donor advised funds, right? Yes. So, and, and, you know, donor advice fund is donor advice fund companies that are offering it, if you will, like the Fidelities, the Schwab's, you know, all of those, those banks and, and, and some, even some foundations, they, they are now promoting recurring donor advice fund gifts, you know, so, and it's like 50 bucks a month. So that's, guess what? That's $600 a year, right? So, uh, so that's, it's, uh, it's. It's it's up there, so but yeah, so it's 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 interesting. Uh, it's definitely and it's good. It's good news. I think it's good news for the for the organizations. But it, it but to your point, it's it's not just like a raindrop, right? It's it's not like oh yeah, we'll just do something uh, in January and then we're done for the year. It's like no, no, no. You have to just really look at every opportunity. Where can you build in that option? And the, and and it also, I mean, and I know this is one of your favorite topics, Steve. Is like segmentation. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, again, monthly giving is not for donors who are already giving thousand dollars. That's, you know, if you have a conversation with them and they say, hey, I wish I could do more, then you could say, well, would you consider a monthly gift of $100 or $200 a month? And then you're actually upgrading them. But typically they're your big check writers. They're going to you want that $2,500 check, you want the $5,000 check and the $10,000 check down the road, right? So, and you have a system and a cultivation and a relationship building process in place. Well, with recurring donors, it's like, it's usually donors that are giving you less than 250. So they're just not ready to write the big check yet. Yeah, but, absolutely, um, you're spot
0: on, yeah. yeah. I think so, one of the things that comes up with this topic is, so, you know, listeners, organizations, fundraisers might be saying, great, you've, you know, Erica, Steve, you, you've convinced me. Mm-hmm. So how do I get started here? Or where do I begin? Because this feels like it's going to be a lot of work. And whenever I've gotten that question, and I'm curious what what your response to that is, but whenever I've gotten that question, I've said, well, you know, you don't have to start from scratch. We We know from the data that if you were to look at donors who are giving you you know, $200 or less per year currently through a single gift, Mm -hmm. start with them. Essentially start with a group that's already engaged, that's already giving, Mm -hmm. uh, but at at a financial level where if you could move them to a recurring gift, that's a good place to start. You don't have to start completely from from nothing, right? Right.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing is, I mean, you know, and that that that, like I said, I mentioned my second book. It's like monthly giving made easy. <laughs> it you can literally like you know open a page and say, "Hey, I can do this." You know, um, it could be as simple as adding a button in every email that you send,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, and it's just like it. it it's you're chipping away at, right? So you just like planting seeds. see every e-newsletter, if you have one, have a little testimonial from some of your existing monthly donors. And again, like donors love hearing from donors, right? So put it out there. And again, you know, whenever I talk to a resume, well, oh, hmm, geez, I've never done that. I've got 80 monthly donors, but, I I don't have any testimonials. Let me find out, right? So it, it it's just like a lot of the it, a lot of the principles are there. It's no different from general fundraising. You're doing it. It's yeah. just matter kind of like how how do you just you know talk ask for a monthly gift? And I mean, I've got a number of organizations that. We have like in every email uh, and again, they, we, you know, we're trying to always like, always like improve the messaging and, and perfecting it some more, but every email they have a an, a request for a one-time gift and then they also have a request for a monthly gift, even more specific, like just a two or three liner that says, here's why, uh, why you should consider a monthly gift. And every time they do this, they bring in new monthly donors. So, uh, and they're, and they're still getting one-time donors as well. So it's not like, you know, because I know people are like, well, but it's the email and no, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, uh, I'm worried that I'm not going to bring in, you know, any gifts if I do then the reality is, yes, you're going to bring in gifts and you're going to bring in monthly donors if you do that. So, so I think, you know, I don't know what the, what the fear is at times, but it's, it's definitely, uh, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be hard, but, You do have to do something, you know,
0: it's not zero zero work, but it's also, you know, I think maybe one of the things that happens here, and this happens all the time, right, is we we get caught in the strategy to execution gap, right? So strategically, yeah, totally makes sense. But then we very quickly get caught up in the tactical things like, uh, what well, are the benefits? Yeah, uh, yeah. benefits or yeah. do we, What's do the we name? acknowledge every single monthly gift and how do we thank them? Because this is different than what we've done before. Yeah. And I think anything or any advice you can give on that aspect, I think would be helpful because I think this is often where people just, out of not knowing, yeah. uh, the negativity fills the void, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So y- y- to your point, it's like, no, you don't have to thank your recurring donors every month. When they join, you tell them saying, hey, from now on, you're going to get updates on how your gifts are making a difference. And and that's all you have to say. And then in January, you're going to get an update for your tax purposes with an overview of all your gifts. Those are two things, right? And as long as you tell the donor that up front, they're going to be totally fine with that. So I think that's that's one thing, like, because uh, I like, yeah, donor... Uh, organization do ask me that. And I think the other thing is like, you know, like somebody asked me this recently uh, at a at a conference. I was actually in an in, in-person conference and uh, really exciting. And they asked, me, well, you know, we're struggling with the benefits. And, you know, so and I said, well, look, just start. You can recognize somebody later as, hey, we're launching this very special program and we're calling it AX And, you know these are the benefits, but the benefits are that the donors want to hear how their gifts are making a difference, which is something you always have to do anyhow. Donors love hearing that, right? They want to make sure that they they uh, they make a difference, and then I think the other thing is like you just you just have to you know make them feel part of the organization, and especially now since COVID, you can do virtual tours. You can send video clips. You can have town halls once every half year. I mean, it's literally endless of the opportunities that you can give your donors to be part of the organization that cost you nothing, a little bit of time. And you're probably already doing that. You might be doing something for your major donor well tag these people along right you know so um and 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 i again i i find that sometimes we fundraisers are our own worst enemy of like wow we gotta develop a new video okay and i said well hey geez you know i just saw this really wonderful video you just did on facebook yeah that was on facebook okay but just because it was on facebook doesn't mean that somebody else hasn't already, you know, they've not already seen it, right? So why not share it via email? Why not, you know? So, and it it just, we always got to develop something new. And it's like, well, you've got this huge stable of all this wonderful stuff, testimonials, I mean, videos, lots of, lots of great stuff. That, that organizations are doing that they squeeze into a newsletter and then they're never going to use that again. Yeah.
0: You know, and it could also be, to your point, like a situation where organizations might feel like, well, because we do this thing today, there's <laughs> a benefit, there's yeah. a thing we give, there's a thing we do, mm-hmm. that we have to continue to do that because that's a thing we do today versus mm-hmm. saying, no, yeah. um, we actually aren't, you know, you know, we're not, you know, handcuffed to that yeah. approach. Right. We, we can do something different. Yeah. We can test it with a smaller group, and if the feedback's positive, we do more mm-hmm. of it. But if it's negative, we don't. But but it's I see this happen all the time. Where or sometimes I'll get asked questions like, "Hey, should we should we give away a benefit for yeah. giving this way or to yeah. or a right. giving club?" And I'd say. I don't know, you probably want to test it, but just remember, yeah. once you set that expectation, it's very un—it's very difficult to unring the bell. Yes. And so in a lot of cases, I think if you asked organizations who've created those types of benefits and you asked them today, if you could go back in time and not do that and do something else, would you? Yeah. I think a lot of organizations would say yes.
1: Yeah, so that's why I always say, look, keep it simple, okay? So in other words, the only promise you want to make to your new monthly donor is that they're going to get updates from you. You don't have to say when, how often, how, what it looks like, right? So your newsletter is a benefit. Your e-newsletter is a benefit and is an update. I mean, so there, there's literally endless things that you can do, but don't hang yourself up on the fact that you've promised that they're going to get a quarterly update when you can't fulfill that, right? So yeah, so keep keep those Benefits really simple because one of the things that that I found is the number one reason why donors make recurring gifts is because they want to help. The second thing is they want to help in a way that's convenient for them that fits their budget. But the number one reason is they want to help. So, um, so I think that's that's a you know so they still real they care about your organization they want to help. So keep them up to date on what's going on and how their gifts are making a difference. But they're not there for the chotskys, They're not there for the benefits. And, and uh, you don't have to have tiered levels. I mean, I had a question from somebody today. Should we have multiple different levels? And it's a no. You just have uh, recurring gifts and, and there's multiple giving op- options, so not multiple amounts. And the donor will self-identify. So in other words, you start low, right? You start with five bucks or $10 a month and then have a couple of other options and donors will choose what's convenient for them. But you don't have to have multiple tiers and this tier gets this benefit and what have you. No, no, no. You just need to be, keep it as simple as possible because you want to be able to do it and and continue to do it. And and it's always great to send something surprising.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you make a great point about the. Importance of keeping it simple. There's a almost sometimes a human tendency to Mm -hmm. want to overcomplicate or over over engineer something because you're trying to. Well, what I uh, often I will call this death by what about? Well, what about what about this group or what about that group or what about people? Well, what about it? (laughs) What are we trying to do here? You could always say that's a great. You know, hey, that's that's a good. You know, piece of feedback. Let's go see if that's actually happening or not versus mm-hmm. assuming we need to do something based on anecdote, you know, because the plural mm-hmm. of anecdote is not data, right? We we need to sort of drive that behavior and you can start somewhere and you can choose to modify it over time, but mm-hmm. keep it simple, mm-hmm. right? Can you explain, can you explain it in a sentence? Can you explain it, you know, uh, you know, very simply, so that people get what you're doing here, and then you can adjust over time, right right,
1: yeah, so it, again it's really it's it's fundraising for one time gifts. The only difference is you're asking for recurring gifts, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's really it, you know that's kind of the approach you're still gonna do the storytelling you i mean all of this different things that you're doing in your general fundraising, you're still gonna do that, but uh it's it's just a different uh different approach and and I think the big thing with this is. I have found if you have a driver, a person who says, yes, we're going to do this. I'm going to write down the goal. Here's where we are today. Here's where I want to be next year. And then you're just going to start driving towards that. Guess what? You're going to get to that goal. I mean, short story, like I started working with an organization on a coaching basis and they had 15 monthly donors they had come on organically. They had that option on the, on the web page, on the donation page. And um, they said, we really want to grow this. So we said, all right, well, let's set up a goal. So we said, well, what about tripling it? And, you know, guess where they are now, right now? 71. So we started at 15. They got 71 monthly donors and they have a very small uh, donor base. But just like driving, you know, adding a couple of these little things and, and driving the train to say, okay, what can we do? Where can we fit it in? How often can we plant these seeds? And, and, and guess what? So uh, so it's, it, it doesn't take rocket science. It doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take that much time. A little bit of time and a little bit of focus can go really, really are and and start where you are, start with what you have. And I think that the other piece is like, whenever I ask uh, organizations like saying, okay, how many monthly donors do you have? Okay, well, a lot of times they kind of know that number. And then they said, well, so what's it worth on an annual basis? And they're like looking at you like, "Hmm, I don't know. (laughs) So, so the thing is like, start where you are now, how many monthly donors you have? What is their annual value? And people are like, whoa, I had no idea it was that much money. Yeah. So, wow, guess what? If you could double that, you know, if you could go from 100 recurring donors, I mean, the industry averages about 24 bucks a month. So that's $288 a year, right? So if you get 100 monthly donors, that, that's almost $30,000. So what if you could double that, right? Or triple that or, you know, so, but yeah, so write that down and then, and then set some goals and be the driver on it. And start working towards it, um, but do focus on those smaller donors. It's not going to come from the thousand dollar donors because you want to get bigger checks from them.
0: Yeah, over time, absolutely. Over time,
1: um, and if somebody says, "Yeah, I hey, I, can I do this monthly?" Of course, you're going to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but that's not the that's not the main um, main target group there. So, these are your your small donors that care about you, that want to help.
0: Sure. No, absolutely. Uh, Erica, this is great advice. I think uh, definitely a topic we'll want to revisit again. Appreciate you coming on the show to, to share some advice and some experiences with our listeners.
1: You're welcome. And, and again, you know, you guys keep up the, I mean, I love your stuff, Steve. So I always like, I, again, I'm always looking for statistics, right? So, cause that will help make the case some more for people that are still hesitant about it. But yeah, it's like uh, all the stuff that you're doing on recurring giving and donor retention. And I think, I think you just published something recently another study on donor retention.
0: So. so just- yep, we got a new toolkit out there and we'll, we'll post a link to that in the show yeah. notes. But yeah, there's a lot of great data and research that that supports a lot of things we talked about today. Yeah. Awesome. Great. So that's it for this episode of the SG Engage podcast. This episode is brought to you by the letter R. Thanks for listening.